Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Hi, welcome to episode four of Audacity Works. I hope you enjoyed that sound clip. You can thank Max Cooper. That's at Max Cooper AVL on Instagram for that because he was like, you know what? You need some kind of sound bite between like the intro and when you start talking. So I decided this is what he must have meant by that. <laughs> uh, anyone who knows me super well knows that me and Max probably won't pass up a chance to make fun of each other. So, um, there you go. Thank you, Max. Best uh, best intro sound ever. And welcome to episode four of Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is the Halloween episode, because tomorrow's Halloween. And everyone I know is very, very freaking happy about that, so I think we need to talk about it, because it's a whole situation. Also, it goes really well with the soundbite. <laughs> okay, so Halloween. What is it? What are we? Uh, what are we even doing here? So tiny history on Halloween, according to, you know, the life experience of Rachel Strickland and uh, how I celebrate it and the history that I associate with it, because I, I am not a historian, so uh, don't come here for that. That's This isn't the place to get that. Um, however, I do know, to my human understanding, uh, that Halloween originated uh, in Ireland. There's like the the first mentions of it are somewhere around the ninth century, uh, where it's called Samhain, which is also the Irish word for November. And my Irish friends are either smiling and nodding along with me, or they're like, oh, Rachel, oh, I have to correct you. Please do. If you if you need to correct me, I wish that you would. Okay, so Samhain, spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but actually, no, it's not spelled like that because it was never intended to be written in the Roman alphabet because it's Irish, and Irish has its own alphabet. It's a very, very beautiful um, and yeah, yeah, not, not Roman. So inevitably we end up calling it Samhain, particularly once you go through your, the craft phase in, uh, high school, um, just realizing how much I'm dating myself right now, but you know what? I don't care. I've earned every day of this 40 years I've been alive. So you go through your like craft phase or your witch phase in high school and you know maybe you stick around in that for the rest of your life because it's actually who you are and maybe it's just like a jacket that you try on for a while either way totally valid but around that time you start doing a lot of google searches and you're like you know what i'm really attracted to halloween it's my favorite holiday i am excited for it all year long i wish it lasted all year long like i want to find out where it came from and you dig into the history and maybe you discover um, that some roots of this, I think there are lots of cultural celebrations that uh, are a lot like what we recognize as Halloween, such as Dia de los Muertos. And I, once again, not a historian, so don't come here for that. This is this is the part that I know, and it is uh, it is Samhain that originated. Like I said, uh, first mentions of it around the ninth century uh, in Ireland, and. It is one of four seasonal festivals, and there's eight festivals on the Wheel of the Year. I'm not going to explain the whole Wheel of the Year. It's like, oh my God, that's going to be a really, really long podcast. This is just about Halloween, uh, which is, of course, not anything like 
the sound that I imagine happened in yesteryear. Uh, actually, no, no idea. But anyway, Samhain was a seasonal festival. Still is. Uh, it's alive and well, particularly given the like influx of neo-paganism in the past pff, 20 years. Possibly coinciding with the release of the craft. So this particular festival uh, is the, the third harvest on the Celtic Wheel of the Year. There are three. And uh, this is the third one um, called Samhain. And it marks our welcoming of the darker half of the year. The lighter half being, as you guessed it, full of sun. And this is very Northern Hemisphere, of course. Sun, flowers, life, summer, warmth, abundance, fruit. And then the harvest come in and there's like all these vegetables and stuff. And we're like, yay, life. And then the darker half of the year comes in. We're like, okay, now it's dark all the time. Uh, and the bears are going to sleep. Snakes are burrowing into the ground, hopefully forever and never to return. And I'm kidding about that. I actually like snakes, but you know. I don't like being surprised by them. Uh, also, the deciduous trees, which are you know pretty much everywhere in uh, North America, uh, are uh, the leaves are changing color, they're withering, they're falling to the ground. Then the trees are going to be naked. They're going to be naked all winter, and we're like looking outside of ourselves. We're like, okay, I'm seeing like version of death and decay, and this is this is the darker half of the year. And you know what? It feels really good, as a in typically of suppressed cultures when you have a little room to move around in it feels really good and do i consider western culture to be suppressed absolutely i'm so glad that you asked i absolutely consider us to be a suppressed culture um just look at our uh relationship with politeness uh, to know the answer to that question. But that's the subject for another podcast. This one is about Samhain. It's about uh, welcoming in the darker half of the year. What does that mean? And why do we love it so much? Why do we freaking love Halloween? And I think it is because we do have more room in this time of the year and in this season to be more of ourselves and to be parts of ourselves that are unseemly perhaps the rest of the year and it's why you hear people saying like ah finally Halloween month is here I'm gonna start celebrating it in September uh, I'm gonna like actually pull out the decorations that um, kind of want to leave up in my house all year long because I feel like this all year long it it, it is an invitation to be more of ourselves and to welcome in more aspects of ourselves. And I think that we freaking love it because we need it. We're like, cool, I'm going to watch horror movies and I'm going to dress up in costume. I'm going to pretend to be someone else. I'm going to like paint my face like I'm a dead person or a witch or something. I'm going to practice my evil genius laugh. <laughs> I'll have to adjust the levels on that. I'm pretty sure it was really loud. But anyway, oh, that's why I think that we love it so much is because like for a lot of us, we're like finally, I can just be myself, the self that I'm not able to be as fully the rest of the year. And it's just, it's a relief. It's a relief to just be yourself. I was um, working a gig last night, actually, at a party for these lovely people. I was talking to the hostess and I was dressed up as a, a quadruped. Uh, I'll just have to put a little link there in the show notes in case you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, a visual image would probably do best there. So I was dressed as the quadruped walking around just like interacting with the guests. And then I was speaking with the hostess 
And she clearly just adored Halloween, which was spectacular. Their home was to the nines. There were like moving figures in every window. Um, you couldn't walk to the bathroom without being terrified by some, uh, what you thought was an immobile creature suddenly jumping to life and laughing at you. It was incredible. She's like, yeah, I just feel like I can finally be myself this time of year. Does that make any sense? And then she looked at who she was talking to and she's like, yeah, I guess it does make sense, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I am picking up what you're putting down and I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing this with me. Because it it is fun to embrace the shadowy part of ourselves. It is fun to embrace the darker side of life, um, particularly if you find yourself surrounded by a sense of like live, laugh, love, home decor that's always telling you to look on the bright side. Not helpful, everybody. Not helpful. And I just wonder what would it be like? What would we be like? Um, and maybe we just decide to do it. And a lot of you already have decided to do it. I'm convinced of it. So just let that freak flag fly all year long. You're like, no, I'm not putting my decorations up. This is, uh, this is just what I'm like. You know, Merry Christmas or whatever. Whatever comes next. But it's a relief. It's a relief to be able to access parts of yourself that maybe you don't allow access to because they are unseemly. And that brings us to the concept of shadow work. Since we're embracing the shadowy, darker part of the year, like what is shadow work? Um, shadow work is kind of a Jungian concept of integrating the shadow, working to identify, make peace with, and accept aspects of ourselves that maybe we view as undesirable. Maybe there is some shame or a trauma surrounding it. Um, this is not an episode about trauma. It's just about shadow work. Uh, or aspects of ourselves that we keep hidden away or suppressed. And bringing those things to light is, well, it's medicinal for one. But shadow work is the like intentional work and focus towards making peace with and accepting those aspects and getting to know them. Just sort of like welcoming them to the table, giving them a seat there and being like, what's up? What do you have to say? What do you have to say at this table? And when I say it's medicinal, I just mean it's healing. Like it's, it's good for us to be whole versions of ourselves. It's good for us to, uh, to be fully self-accepting. And shadow work uh, is an act of radical self-compassion. I'm going to say that again. Shadow work and doing shadow work is an act of radical self-compassion. Because you're, you're choosing to sit down at the table and be like, pull up a chair, y'all. I want to hear what you have to say. doesn't mean I'm going to act on everything you have to say. Can we make that important distinction, please? Yes. Uh, but hearing all aspects of you out, welcoming all aspects of you at the door. There's a cartoon that like really kind of beautifully illustrates this. I'm going to put a link to it uh, in the show notes for you. And it's like a black and white cartoon. And it's this traveling figure, human figure. He's uh, got a beard. And he's got his like little sleeping roll and he's walking out of this mountain on a, he's following the train tracks. You know, he's a traveler and he's thinking to himself, maybe I should sit with more medicine and um, I'm just going to use real broad strokes to paint this like by sitting with medicine, you know, like trying more things like what more spiritual quest can I go on to like 
expand my mind or like reach my full potential. And behind him, this immense black shadowy creature is just like dragging itself after him saying, bro, fucking integrate me because that thing is his shadow. And the subtext is, if he would or could just integrate the shadowy aspects of himself, he wouldn't need to be sitting with medicine all the time. He would just like feel more of a person. Theoretically. So uh, that is what shadow work is. It is bringing the unconscious conscious and practicing it and how to practice it uh, in case you're interested. First thing that you're likely to find in any Google search, don't die of shock here, okay? Journaling. Oh my God. Because it's giving yourself, again, space with your mind that is not a result of problem solving or responding to an outside stimulus. Um, This is part of why I'm such a champion of morning pages. And no, I do not think they need to be done in the morning. Anytime you can sit with yourself and write is valuable time. The reason that um, morning pages are coined morning pages is the idea that you can uh, sit down and write them within 45 minutes of waking up before your sort of defense mechanisms kick in for the day, before your waking ego kicks in and as though you might have more access to your subconscious during that window of time. So that's why it's, you know, encouraged to be done in the morning. But some people, I don't know, I'm talking to some of you, your brains just don't work in the morning. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It might happen at 10.30 p.m. That's fine. Like any time where you sit with yourself and the page and you just let yourself write garbage, just absolute mental dross. And it doesn't have to follow any kind of prescription. And I am literally just giving uh, the definition for morning pages or artist pages, if you want to call them. This is an exercise that is uh, coined by Julia Cameron. I'll be putting that in the show notes as well. Um, So morning pages, if you want to be like a stickler for how Julia Cameron describes them or artist pages if you're just like, this is just like a, a, a journaling exercise for anyone to uh, use to get in touch with their brain. But really any form of intentional space that allows you to bring your psyche forward and bring the unconscious into your conscious mind is shadow work. If done with the intention of like making peace with shadow aspects of yourself and getting to know those aspects can we just consider that definition again? Uh, that shadow work is the intentional bringing the unconscious mind into the conscious mind uh, with the intention of accepting more of it. I don't know. It kind of sounds like making art. Like Not all art, but, you know, a lot of it. If you are a person who detests um, journaling with no prompts, I actually found this book that I'm really enjoying. It's called Burn After Writing, and it's just a whole book of prompts, and they are personal. It's like, what is something that you feel ashamed about? I'm like, oh shit, we're jumping right into the deep end of the pool. Okay, and it's all, just a whole book. Um, so it's very aptly named, like Burn After Writing. So sure, why not? Uh, as a side note, I do get that feedback from some from people sometimes. Like, I I can't bear my soul to a journal because what if someone finds it and reads it? I would be mortified. Like, well, first of all, you need better roommates. Like, why don't you trust the people that you share your home with not to do this? Um, or maybe it's just 
you know, the permanence of the written word. In that case, don't miss out on this fantastic exercise and on knowing yourself in this way. If it's something that you're interested in pursuing, um, if you're afraid of it being uh, illuminated, there is a super easy solution to that. Like every morning or every day after you write your pages, yank them out, ball them up and burn them in a safe fireproof receptacle. Just burn them. Problem solved. You still get the benefit and probably some kind of catharsis from watching it go up in flames. And uh, also no one's ever going to read them now. So I just, yeah, I, I hate the thought of someone missing out on the experience of getting to know themselves through like a method such as journaling because they're afraid that someone's going to find it. And ouchie, you know, ouchie. But in terms of other ways of practicing shadow work, like any kind of intentionally bringing the unconscious into the conscious mind with the point of, uh, or the intention of um, acknowledging and accepting more parts of yourself, perhaps, and especially the hidden aspects of yourself. Therapy also works great for that. Just saying. Therapy. Good for everybody. There's also, I cannot go any further without mentioning um, a book by Dr. Carolyn Elliott called Existential Kink, which is exactly what it sounds like. Existential Kink is a, a theory of how to get more of the things you want in life by getting off on the things that you don't and just like trying to wrap your head around the enjoyment that you have the like self-loathing enjoyment that is possible um, in moments of ugliness and uh, I'm sure that uh, Dr. Elliot would say it a lot more succinctly and probably have a lot more to say about it. But it's a really interesting read. It's an interesting perspective on how to frame looking at your life and looking at the things you're like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. I wish this wasn't there in my life. And like, okay, but what about this do you really enjoy? Like, what are you actually kind of getting off on in this situation? Because particularly if you've been doing it for, I don't know, like seven or eight years, there's something about it that you, that you like. You like it. Uh, oh, so loathsome. It's like uh, eating a whole jar of anchovies. It's like, oh, it's disgusting. It's so salty. Let's do it again. So existential kink could be um, a cool way of exploring um, more of how you view the things in your life that you don't like viewing at all. Um, it's a nice shift in perspective. Uh, another way you can practice shadow work is creative practice. <laughs> Whatever creative practice you like to engage in. It can be physical because I know a lot of the people who, um, you know, the five people that are probably listening to this because this is a brand new podcast are physical performing artists, dancers, um, circus artists. And uh, maybe you, you can and maybe you already have quite brought that into your creative practice. You're like, okay, I'm going to write down like the three least favorite things about myself and then I'm going to turn those things into movement. Sounds like fun to me. Let's, let's do it. I'm on board. And if you want to think about ways of exploring this either in movement or in painting or in writing or in singing, like, here's just like one little exercise for doing shadow work is to think about someone that you don't, you don't like them. You just don't like them. Like maybe they're like 
triggering for you. No one, uh, okay, don't pick someone that's like actively traumatized you. That's not what I'm talking about. I just mean someone that you just don't like them and you don't really have a good reason to. You're just like, me, no, I just, mm -mm, stay away. And just kind of like sitting with that aspect of that dislike and examining it. Like, what is it about this person that I don't like? What rubs me the wrong way? Is it a trait that I see or dislike in myself at times? Like, why is it so hard for me to be around this person? Why do I dislike them so much? And what, this is my favorite part of it, okay? What parts of me come to life when I'm around this person? And how do I feel about those parts of myself? And you can do this about any activity uh, or like really anything that you're just like, Ugh, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, but like, why don't you want to do it? I'm not saying that you have to do it. I'm just saying, can we examine what parts of us come to life when we engage with that person, when we engage with that activity? Like, and do we enjoy having that part of ourselves come to life? Or is it just really uncomfortable? And why is it uncomfortable? And that, my friends, is shadow work. And I I find this to be just... I don't know the most fascinating thing in the world. Uh, if you're familiar with any of my my artwork, my creative work, it's pretty apparent that uh, uncovering that which is hidden and examining that which is hidden um, in in myself and in ourselves as a culture and in others is pretty much the most interesting thing in the world to me. And a lot of my work is about that and and uh, the uncovering of aspects of ourselves that have been hidden and mutilated by the sanction of outside forces is both my subject matter and my intended effect on the audience in all of my performing artwork and um, eventually in my written work, which I do so much less of, but I love it so much. Uh, Stay tuned on that. And this is also why in, in my mentorship and in coaching with people in creative mentorship, In the Audacity Project, I ask people to identify their gremlins um, in the very, very first week that we work together. And it's not because I want them to get rid of the gremlins. Like, you don't need to be fixed. You're not broken. We don't need to remove these forces from your head. Like, they're there on purpose. It's part of you. Nothing about it is bad. It needs to be, like, gotten rid of but we do need to know what they are we need to know the landscape that we're operating in because the more you know the darker aspects of yourselves and including the shameful aspects and the more destructive aspects the more you know the more free you are the more you know the landscape that you're operating in and the more that you can like behave with autonomy inside of that space i got the most amazing message this morning um uh, a young woman who went through the Audacity Project with me, I think it was uh, a, like a year ago. And because of how she looks, because she's like very beautiful, blonde hair, blue eyes. She has a great smile, just like lights up a room. So everyone always assumes she's a really sunny, happy person. And, you know, frankly, she is. Uh, but the thing that was really interesting to her was the darker aspects of herself. And she's like, this is like the thing that like, I, I want to be this. I want to investigate this. I'm like, oh my God, please do. This sounds so fascinating and amazing for you. And uh, and she did. And I got a message from her this morning, like a year, year and a half later, of her and like, this fantastic zombie makeup. She's like, me and my shadow are becoming great friends. I'm like, oh my God, you just made my entire freaking day. Uh, so 
that, my friends, is why I think we love Halloween so much. Why we love Samhain so much. It is an invitation to embrace the shadow. And I think that we are always kind of aching to do that. Like, where's the rest of me? I want, there's some empty seats at this table. It's a big, big table. I want to meet all of you. I want to see all of your faces. I want to see, I want to hear everything that you have to say. And uh, I just think that this time of year, we're given more permission to do that. And it feels really good. So happy freaking Halloween, everyone. I hope that it is magnificent for you. I hope you learn some new stuff about yourself. I hope that your costume goes according to plan, or if not, that at least, like, it's still cool and you have a great time. Be safe. Enjoy exploring your world, exploring yourselves, exploring each other, and just, like, invite it all to the bonfire. And let's see what they all have to say. Getting in touch with me. If you look in the show notes, in every show, in the... In the signature there, I have a link to my Instagram and a link to my Patreon. You can reach me both of these places. I'd love to hear from you. Um, If there is a subject that you want me to tackle, I'm taking all suggestions right now because we're still really new. This is only episode four. And I'm having so much fun just talking about whatever the hell I want, which is mostly suggestions coming in from all of you. Today's wasn't really a suggestion. It was just like a you know, tomorrow's Halloween. We need to talk about Halloween. We need to talk about shadow work. We need to talk about magic. We need to talk about witchcraft. There's more of that coming up. So much more, so much more. So thank you for listening to me for, you know, 26 minutes and 10 seconds so far. Uh, I do not take that for granted. Thank you for sharing your life with me. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that you want to share or a suggestion for a future episode, just let me know. And thank you so much for being here. Happy Halloween. Happy Samhain. Don't go back to sleep.